This is Life Elsewhere, created and hosted by Norman B. Hello once again, this is Life Elsewhere, and I'm your host, Norman B. We could subtitle this show an exploration of quintessential English music, and it could be argued that Dan Tracy and his band Television Personalities are indeed quintessentially English. Well, French author Benjamin Berton has a new book, Dreamworld, The Fabulous Life of Daniel Tracy and His Band television personalities. So, to set the stage for my conversation with Benjamin Berton, here are television personalities with the ever-so-English part-time punks. Benjamin Berton. His book is titled Dreamworld, The Fabulous Life of Daniel Tracy and His Band Television Personalities. Benjamin, welcome to Life Elsewhere. Thank you for being here. Hello, Norman. Glad to be here with you. I've, I've got to tell you straight away, and I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have to ask you whether everything in this book is true. Is this, is this a work of fiction or is, or is this a true story? 
well, I must admit, almost everything is true in this book. Uh, I need to, to talk about the whole project to, to give you a light about uh, what, it, what you've got in hand. Uh, first of all, I, I need to explain it's a almost classical biography. You know, I've done something like uh, 25 or 30 interviews to build this uh, this book, uh, I've met and uh, I've asked questions to many people from the band, uh, Joe Head, Joe Foster, many, many, many questions, interviews, uh, phone calls. I've uh, assembled a lot of uh, documentation, you know, from fanzines to a website, all uh, all writing there was a, a german first german biography about the the, the book so uh, i've collected many many things about daniel tracy his life i've talked to his sister his family and etc but uh, the band as it is I didn't want to write a classical biography because uh, I was talking uh, about a 600 pages book and uh, everybody was telling me, uh, you know, uh, nobody cares about what really happened about the TVPs. We don't uh, have to know what uh, Daniel Tracy uh, eats for breakfast or things like that. He's right. not Mick Jagger, or, you know, and so... Uh, I was thinking, I'm from the classical novel, you know, uh, my main activity is to write novel uh, in France, a fiction novel, and I was, uh, I, I'm a, a rock critic for something like 25 years, uh, a bit more, and I, I, it's my first rock and roll book, so I was wondering for uh, decades about how to write a good rock and roll book. You know, I've read uh, hundreds of bios, yeah. classic one, essays, uh, fictional ones. So I had to, to, to follow my path and uh, I decided to, to give justice to the television personalities to, uh, uh, to introduce things which I thought Daniel would be happy with, uh, which means psychological uh, details, uh, uh, fictive characters, because the band is fantastic. This band is about dreaming, is about drugs, is about psychedelical. And uh, I wanted to, to introduce some uh, weird things, you know, in the, in the texture, but almost everything is true, which is I wanted also to uh, contextualize the band in the British society, in the, in the British pop history. And uh, we needed to have a, a solid uh, grounding for, for the story to develop and to, uh, to give uh, what the, the band brings to the pop music. That is a wonderful explanation. I'm glad I asked you the question. You gave me so much there. Two questions. Are you a fan? I, I guess you are a fan of the TV personalities. I'm a late fan of the band. I'm born in 1974, you know. I'm 30, uh, 48 uh, uh, for a few days now. And uh, I discovered the band uh, mid-90s, you know, uh, something like uh, 1995. So 
I'm not a, a early fan of the band. I haven't seen right. the, the band live uh, uh, since the late '90s, for example, which is a, a very uh, late period to to appreciate the band. But I'm a, 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 an English pop freak, you know. Yes. Uh, yes. My my mum, uh, my mum uh, was uh, an English teacher. Uh, I was born uh, near Lille in the north of France. Right. So I spent yeah. uh, most of my uh, summers in England listening to pop music, which uh, in the 80s was something very, uh, well, heroic, mostly when you were in France uh, dealing, you know, on uh, cassettes and things like that. Yeah, sure. And uh, at the time, I w I'm still a, a great fan of the Smiths, Morrissey and the Smiths, Echo and the Benjamin, Cure, and all of those big bands. And I discovered uh, in the mid-90s the television personalities. And I, I, I was really uh, uh, curious about the band because just like the Smiths, uh, with the TVP's music, come uh, hundreds references, you know, uh, cultural references about paintings, literature, uh, movies. And that was what I was found about in their music, which is to dig uh, into uh, British culture. And uh, I was always wondering why uh, the TVPs were not as famous as the Smiths, for example. And when it was time to write a book about rock and roll, uh, I was discussing with uh, Xavier, which is uh, the editor of the French editor of the book, and he, he wanted me. He, he read my reviews uh, for for decades, and he. He pushed me to write something and he always asked me, uh, would you write a book about Morrissey and the Smiths, for example? It would be a good, a good idea. And I was telling him, uh, well, Morrissey, I've read something like a thousand biographies about <laughs> yes. Morrissey. Yeah. Uh, there's a new French one, uh, which is uh, quite uh, good at the way it's 600 pages, but I, I, I didn't see how to, to write about Morrissey to say something new. And uh, we were having a, a lunch uh, someday around uh, in Paris, and I, I, I started to, to, to talk him about uh, TVP stories, you know, I, I said, well, it's funny because uh, Daniel started to 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 work for his mother, who who, who was the the boss of the end of the world laundrette in the in the West End, and uh, she she refused to uh, wash uh, Jimmy Page's trousers uh, and to give back his uh, underwear uh, to ask him a place uh, for his son to work. Uh, and I was telling him about this. I said, uh, well, uh, he, he was traveling in London to, to bring uh, uh, drugs to Led Zeppelin. Then he, he carried uh, a bag to, to Bob Marley. Then uh, uh, Daniel uh, was there and he was talking with Malcolm McLaren. And, uh, and he said, well, it's, it's kind of an interesting so story, you know. And that's how the book started with anecdotes and uh, uh, this idea that through uh, Daniel's life, we could almost uh, tell uh, a British history, you know, of those times from the 70s because the TVPs bring back uh, the 60s and the 70s to uh, nowadays. And uh, uh, it was very an, an interesting subject and a funny one and tragic one, because, of course, I, I had also told him about what 
Daniel had improved now and was uh, in a in a care home, you know. Yes, know. yes. That's-, you, you, it, that's what makes it a fascinating story. But of course, I should let you know that I have never met Daniel, um, but our stories cross paths many times. Um, he, I think you say in the book, you give, give an address or maybe he says where he lived on the King's Road. I lived across the street. You know, oh. I, you know, I, I, there's a lot of different things in the book that, that, mm-hmm. that sort of I know about and I know, which makes me go, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. That is not quite true. That's, but, but that's oh. okay. But that's, that's <laughs> perfectly okay because it makes for a very good story. But there are parts of the story, Benjamin, that, that really do, I think, sort of illuminate a period of time and there was growing up like i did in a in a, in a working class environment in london and, and and that whole sort of that whole images of of what london was like in the 70s a, a good friend of mine who sadly is dead now but ian mcclagan who was in the small faces and played for the stones and all the rest of it i went to art school mm-hmm. with i always remember him saying that people don't realize how gray london was in those days london was just a gray place and some of the things that you paint in the book about daniel it, you do get that feeling of grayness but then there's these sparks of light by the musicians that he met and all the other things that adventures along the way we started off with part-time punks one of my all-time favorite songs and, and i, I want to get to talking about that a little bit later on but let's have some more music, some more musical interludes in our conversation. Choose another uh, TV personalities song that we can put in right now. Then I want to come back and I want to talk to you uh, more about Daniel Tracy and the early days of his, of his musical experience. Maybe we could talk about uh, one of the early singles of the band, which is called A Picture of Dorian Gray, yes. you know, which is a, a TV yes. standards. And yes. it's, uh, it's a good way to begin. Yes, that's a great one. I love that. Let's do that. This is Picture Adoring Grey TVP. This is Life Elsewhere. When I buy my mansion, I'll invite the world to stay So everyone can see a picture of Dorian Grey Where's the river? 
just joining us, my guest is Benjamin Berton. His book is called Dream World, The Fabulous Life of Daniel Tracy and His Band, Television Personalities. We just heard a picture of Dorian Gray, which, of course, I think pretty much everybody knows that is a story written by Oscar Wilde. But it's more than that, because there's been movies uh, and it's part of the sort of the, the British culture, almost uh, uh, talking about Dorian Gray. Over to you, Benjamin, about that song. Why did you choose that? And why do you think that's so important? Oh, it's a, a, a very funny song. And we, you can find on YouTube uh, something like a dozen renditions of yes. this song yeah. uh, when uh, Daniel is altering, you know, uh, the words to the song and uh, inventing the stupid situation, uh, notably quoting uh, a few times Morrissey, you know, uh, because uh, in, the, in the lyrics, uh, they invite uh, uh, people to, to, to come and have sandwiches uh, at, uh, at his place. And uh, he, it's, it's quite a funny song. And on the other way, it's quite melancholic because uh, uh, he, he's talking about uh, a sort of reclusion in a, in a in a dreamlike mansion, you know, and uh, there's kind of folly in it. And it's also very British with a tea and uh, uh, some stupid uh, Russian in midget submarines. There are psychological vision, you know, just like in the, in the Beatles songs. And uh, it's uh, to me a uh, very uh, representative of uh, TVP's uh, uh, imagination and uh, uh, kind of fantasy with uh, uh, childlike images, but also cultural uh, references, uh, humor, and uh, well, it has everything here uh, with, uh, for example, you know, which is a very important uh, thing in uh, English culture, which are cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> cucumber sandwiches <laughs> is uh, something very important in for England and uh, there are in the song with Dorian Gray and uh, we we see how uh, Daniel is uh, is playing with all those things uh, winking also at Sid Barrett of course here of course. we'll see maybe later there are other songs uh, about Sid Barrett of course but uh, everything here is here and it's uh, it's a really a, a small pop gem you know uh, a, a kind of little painting uh, uh, full of fantasy really it's to me it's like uh, Alice in Wonderland uh, all these things it's a uh, it's a sparkling pop and it's uh, a very well written with a, a nice melody and it's uh, really important to me in the in the TVP's music you know having read your book it prompted me to go back to my into my archives and dig out all the different TV uh, personality records that I have and play them once again after having not played most of them for, for many years. And I really was struck by how good they are and how good some of this music is. But I think you'll agree with me that Dan Tracy was an accidental musician. He didn't go into this to become a, a, a huge rock star. It, it, it sort of went into it because okay let's have a go let's 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 do this let's see what we can what we can come up with am i right about that he has a very ambiguous position to to success 
um, in the beginning is rather ambitious and uh, there are a few uh, hints uh, in his letters, in his interviews, where we can see he, he would like to be successful, you know? Yes. But yes. quite early in the band, um, it won't work. And I think he, he saw very well, quite uh, quickly, that they wouldn't uh, succeed or, or sell many, many, many records. and. I guess uh, he mostly self-destructed his chances of success in at the few moments where he could have, uh, you know, a step further and uh, uh, maybe uh, get to a higher level. And he 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 felt quite resignated really early uh, that he was a loser, that uh, he was underground music and. I don't know really, but uh, he was always dreaming of being successful. You know, at the time he, he moved on Fire Records, and uh, yes. there was a, a real attempt uh, to to produce his records properly, uh, to to have a band, to have a kind of marketing uh, promotion, uh, something very professional. And at the same time, he was selling, you know, uh, singles at other labels. At the same time. Uh, the new album was out or he was uh, uh, re-editing re uh, his older LPs uh, the week before a new album spoiling any strategy uh, of, uh, of Fire Records. So it was ambiguous, but he, he, uh, there's something in his head which says him, uh, you're a genius, you know, uh, you're a wonderful uh, composer. And as he, as he became older, uh, he was very proud of being this underground genius, you know. Uh, I, I, uh, I tell in the book uh, how he was revered by uh, Kurt Cobain, for example, you know. Uh, he was uh, very proud of uh, being uh, the object of a, a single of uh, MGMT uh, later on. And uh, he's got uh, this ambiguous position, not unlike, you know, Laurence from Felt, uh, which yes. is uh, yes. another band who, who always thinks he's, he's going to be a huge star. And, uh, and uh, there is something very weird about their position to, to success. But maybe uh, what uh, is uh, to 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 underline also is Daniel has never practiced his talents really uh, and very early he, he, he's not that a lazy man in the sense that he, he he was hyperactive you know he had a label he organized the concerts he wrote a lot he produced records etc but he, he never did try to improve his own practice as a singer for example uh, we were talking about Morisset later on. Morisset improved uh, formidably between yes. uh, 1982 and nowadays, for example. Uh, that's evident. But Daniel never did practice. His singing is uh, uh, has nothing to do with technique, you know. Right. And, uh, if you call it singing, I mean, there's there, there's a lot of people that would say it's not really singing. It's but but there's something very very english there's an englishness about daniel's voice and about the way he puts songs together which is very unique in a lot of respects there's not very many other musical artists that you can think of that 
Um, I, I, Nicky Sutton and Dave, Dave Cussworth, oh. I can think of. A, a, a Peter Parrott from The Only Ones has have that very Englishness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my, 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 my dear friend, uh, Reckless Eric, um, another mm-hmm. one that don't hide their Englishness in their, in their songs. You just mentioned somebody that I just want to throw in here, a little reference. Um, you, me- you mentioned Mr. Cobain, Kurt Cobain. I, I should let you know that I, I was in Seattle for, for, for many years and I knew Kurt before. Before he, way before he became um, a, a huge, huge success, and um, he used to listen to my radio show. So I, 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 I like to think that that's where he first heard Part Time Punks and other the other <laughs> TV personality records. But I should also add, it was my, my connection with John Peel. I used to send records to John. Mm-hmm. And John would send records to me. And one time I sent him a box of sub pop records and he just raving about uh, Nirvana and Mud Honey and what have you. But anyway, well, I could go off on, on, on a tangent there. So those I'm connections. Talking, I'm talking about this uh, transatlantic connection in the book, uh, just a, a bit our Kurt Cobain did yes. discovered uh, yes. TVPs, for example. Yes. Maybe. Uh, I didn't mention you, but I should have, maybe. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So let's play another piece of music uh, before we run out of time. We're talking to Benjamin Bertrand. The book is called Dream World, The Fabulous Life of Daniel Tracy and his band Television Personalities. Benjamin, choose another piece of music. Well, maybe we can listen to King and Country, which is a, a remarkable single uh, I want to 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 listen with you and to share with you, uh, which is a kind of interesting political single, uh, which uh, deal uh, with uh, uh, some very personal uh, subject for for Daniel, and uh, which is quite uh, violent and uh, which also has uh, excellent live rendition. You know. Yes. Here it is, King and Country. This is TV Personalities. This is Life Elsewhere. King and country 
Television personalities, king and country, selected by Benjamin, my guest, Benjamin Dutton, whose book is titled Dream World, The Fabulous Life of Daniel Tracy and His Band, Television Personalities. Got to ask you once again, that one was important to you because, as you, as you said in the introduction, this is a little different because this has got some political observations in it. And as you said, important for Daniel. Can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, we've got two, uh, two uh, I've got two things to say about King and Country. First one, it's one of uh, a strong uh, anti-war songs. Uh, Daniel was very peace and love, you know, and uh, he, he, he wrote a few songs about peace, anti-military uh, devices, and uh, King and Country is quite strong song about this, and is uh, talking about his dad. Uh, we we tell a bit in the book, but I I, I didn't want to you know uh, say about things about his mother and his father and. Uh, they, he had a, a quite difficult uh, relationship uh, with his parents, uh, and uh, his father you, was uh, working on the road, you know, uh, mending, doing the road work and yeah. things. Uh, he was a, a, a worker, and uh, he, he, he had uh, he had done uh, his uh, military uh, service, and uh, and uh, he was uh, very. Uh, uh, precious about his uh, military career, so yes. in this sunken yeah. and country, uh, Daniel is mocking uh, all uh, a soldier which is haunted uh, uh, by uh, you know war nightmares, and he's uh, mocking him because he's saying his father never went to war and uh, uh, never did anything at the at the war that 
it was just a fantasy. So it was a, a, a very a cruel song to uh, his father's ears. And uh, the ambiguity with his parents is uh, um, Daniel had mostly been abandoned by uh, his mother, um, which uh, who, uh, had uh, asked his uh, older sister, you know, to raise him in the in the family because he, he was a late child and uh, it was embarrassing his family. But on the other hand, his family did. Uh, play a really uh, important role yes. in the beginning of a band. Uh, his father and mother financed uh, the first recordings of the band and uh, f uh, 14th floor, for example, they gave him something like uh, 15 pounds, uh, you know, to, to, to go to the studio and record it. And uh, then they financed also the second single. And uh, they were astonished when the part-time punk uh, be became a... a, a, a a huge success, you yes, know, and uh, yeah. uh, we you you need to imagine this. It, it's something like uh, the end of seventies, and uh, uh, all the families assembled in the living room in a in a flat, and they all uh, uh, putting you know the records in the in the wrapping uh, packets and yep. uh, to yep. send them, and uh, all the families helping. So there was a, a kind of a, a strange relationship, and uh, Daniel's father was introducing the journalist when uh, the first journalist came in uh, in his flat to interview him and was uh, there's a, a scene in the book about this uh, about uh, you know a senior Daniel a senior Tracy which uh, was a hosting journalist and uh, uh, making them come in the living room to interview their 18 year old uh, child and we we can uh, see this in uh, king and country to me Benjamin, I want to ask you whether you think your book is going to be popular with just not just fans, but other people, people that are just interested in music. I think this is a book that's for everybody. I don't think you have to be a TV personality fan to, to enjoy this book because it's it's almost like a cultural history as well. It's yes, it is a kind of biography, kind of. Um, but it's got lots more going on in it. I, because we're, we, we only have a short amount of time, I do want to jump ahead and get to now, to nowadays. As you say in your book, and as is widely reported, Daniel's had some serious mental health problems, drug addictions, been incarcerated, all kinds of things. Where is he now? What's going on with him now? You talk about it at the end of your book. Mm -hmm. Just give me a, just a brief so we can understand where Daniel Tracy is at these days? Uh, for, uh, for a few years now, since uh, 2011, he lives in a, you know, uh, healthcare unit, uh, uh, kind of, uh, I, I don't know the word really in English, uh, a kind of hospital, you know, for yes. disabled people. Yes. He is mostly blind. He has uh, serious memory problems. And he can't he can't walk anymore, so he's mostly uh, uh, trapped in a room, uh, you know, in a black room because he, he's got uh, eyes problem, memory problems. He, he's got uh, he, he 
got an accident. Uh, uh, he fell down his head and he, he went uh, for something like 20 days in the coma and uh, he never did uh, truly recovered from it. So he, he's not, uh, he, he's capable of talking. He, he listens to radio, uh, so uh, uh, a bit of music. Uh, he's very proud of listening to his own music and to show the people of the hospital he, he was someone, you know, and he uh, it's a, it's kind of a very difficult life. Uh, his sister, his Patricia, is uh, very close to him and visit him uh, every two days, I think. And he sometimes enjoys the visit of a uh, uh, past friend, uh, Alison Wonderland, uh, which uh, was the, the graphist of a band and yes. is uh, uh, in his ex-girlfriend. Joe Head visits uh, uh, every two or three months and uh, it's a very difficult situation he can't play music anymore he can't uh, uh, you know memorize things but he, he lives kind of a, a daisy uh, world uh, with uh, a few souvenirs and uh, uh, very uh, small joys like uh, listening to music or uh, things like that so it's uh, it's quite uh, tragical in a way uh, tragic does he know does he know about your book? Is he aware that you've written the book? Uh, we we had uh, the translator David Marshall, who is uh, from Newcastle, was uh, was a friend of mine. He's uh, retired and he, he lived in London at this time. He, he spent uh, a few thousand hours, you know, and recorded all the book on CDs for Daniel. So uh, there's something like uh, 15 hours uh, reading, yeah, uh, yes. 10 CDs, and we have sent all the CDs uh, at Patricia's and uh, I've been told he, he, he was quite proud of, about the book. He, he held the book in his hand also and uh, he was quite uh, happy with it. Uh, that's, uh, that's it. That's it was good. my joy. Uh, I, I didn't, uh, I, I say in the book, I went and visit him, but in uh, in real life, I didn't because I, I didn't know uh, Daniel that much, you know. I've only yes. met him once in a, an interview. Uh, it was in uh, in Paris in uh, 2019, but I don't, I didn't want to go and see uh, him because I had no reason to, you know, to right. to, to intrude. So that's, uh, that's the story. But uh, I'm glad he, he, he knows uh, there are many people who, who discover this music. And uh, my personal goal for this book uh, was to, to be an ambassador of his music. And uh, you were right, saying uh, I wanted to, to, to bring people to, to listen to the television personality and to get interested yes. in this very period of time. Uh, you know, King's Road uh, nine, in the 1980s was to me uh, the epicenter of uh, something important uh, mixing the 60s, the se uh, 70s. Oh, yeah. And uh, Daniel was a, a formidable translator of his energy, which uh, derives from punk and goes into the uh, pop music, really, indie, indie music or alternative music here. I think something I should point out for everybody is that you've got a wonderful collection of graphics, uh, photographs, all kinds of things in here, which, which um, makes the book so, so enjoyable as well as what, how you've written it. Benjamin, it, it really is a, 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 a kind of homage to, to television mm -hmm. personalities. And of course, Daniel Tracy, 
but it's more than that. As I said earlier, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great sort of cultural reference, and and I appreciate you doing that. Let's play one more piece of music to take us out, and I just want to say to you, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you for writing Dreamworld. Let's have another piece of music, Benjamin. Thank you. Well, may I choose it again? Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. of course. We, we could listen to uh, a late work, uh, which I, I love, which is I Hope You're Happy Now from uh, Dark ah, Places yes. LP. Yes, yes. Uh, it's 2006, and it's one of the saddest songs he wrote, but a very yes. beautiful song about uh, uh, someone uh, wishing uh, his former girlfriend uh, a, a good life and it's uh, typical of Daniel's kindness and uh, attention to the others it's a uh, he, he is a wonderful person we we didn't insist on that but he, he got through a, a frightening addiction you know which brings a terrible terrible behavior sometimes but yes uh, Daniel did never arm a single fly, you know. He went into prison for uh, a certain period of time because he, he stole a few goods, uh, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in, the, in shops and things like that. But uh, even as a, a, a drug addict, and he, he spent uh, uh, something like 10 years uh, uh, being really deeply addicted and in a very bad condition, never did anything wrong and he was uh, and he still is a, a wonderful human being and uh, all his former girlfriend all his former past member and that's something i discovered when interviewing people i've never never heard a bad word on daniel everybody every past member of the band loved him and uh, i've uh, wonderful memories to share uh, uh, with him, uh, of course, and uh, that's to be uh, underlined because uh, we sometimes have the idea of pop stars with uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. violent uh, or uh, enormous egos, etc. And he, I love this song. I hope you're happy now because it shows how he cares for the others. Thank you for that explanation. And thank you so much for everything that you just said. And you sum it up very well in the book. I must just add quickly that Dark Places, I think it's just a wonderful album. I really do. I have been talking to Benjamin Bertrand, Dreamworld, the fabulous life of Daniel Tracy and his band, television personalities. We're going to go out with, I hope you're happy now. Benjamin, my sincerest uh, thanks for, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you so very much for joining us at Life Elsewhere. Thank you, Norman. Hope you're happy now. Happier than you've ever been. I hope you're happy now. Taking your new things. Once we had everything. Thanks. I never could.
This is Life Elsewhere. I hope you're happy now from Daniel Tracy and television personalities. In my conversation with Benjamin Berton, we referenced quintessential English music. And we know Tracy was certainly influenced by the Kinks. In particular, their cuts from 1967, David Watts. And I think we can safely say Ray Davis and his band Ubiquitous Englishness is so obvious on the classic Waterloo Sunset. Every day I look at 
No matter how often I hear that, it brings pangs of nostalgia and heart-thumping reflections on how wonderful London is, especially at Waterloo Station around sunset. Ten years later, another very English bloke stepped in front of the microphone and told us all about the whole wide world while having his feet firmly planted in old London town.
on the proudly English label Stiff Records in 1977. They released Reckless Eric's Whole Wide World in his hometown dialect. Then one year later, Peter Perrett with The Only Ones gave us a mesmerising album with one of the most brilliant songs ever. So much has been written about another girl, another planet. Is it an ode to addiction? Is it simply a perfect love song? What makes the song so exceptional is Perrick's unaffected English voice. Nicky Sudden and Dave Cusworth, now sadly no longer with us, made remarkable music, utilising their plaintive English voices. Their collaborations as Jacobites on Glass Records' 1985 release, Robespierre's Velvet Basement, remains essential to any collection. To close, here then is Nicky and Dave with 
it'd all end up in tears. Till next time, be well, be safe, and you know it makes sense. Be nice. Bye-bye. to Life Elsewhere, created and hosted by Norman B. Life Elsewhere is written and produced by Norman B. Guest booking and additional research by Stephanie Lane. Behind-the-scenes assistance by James Van, Bruce Goodman, and Allison Klein. We love to hear what you think about Life Elsewhere. Send your questions, queries, and comments to info at lifeelsewhere.co. That's C-O. Mm-hmm.